0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their
1: website at Current.Tech. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Steve Jensen. Jensen, are you hurt? Are you injured? Is everything okay? Are all your parts working correctly? I'm
2: okay, but I'm gonna meet myself because I felt like I'm about to sneeze, and now I'm not gonna Jensen, sneeze. Well,
1: Jensen has the sniffles. Uh, He's going on IR with the sniffles. He's gonna be out two to three months. There we go with the with the sneezing sniffles for Steve and Jensen.
2: Um, no, no, everybody's no. getting
1: injured, Jensen. Everybody's hurt. Yeah, so
2: it's crazy. It is crazy. Like not only are people getting hurt right now, it's like the champions of like all these companies are getting hurt, which is crazy.
1: If if I if I get injured since since I carry this this whole company I carry this whole website on my back I do have lower back pain I don't know what that's from but I, I assume it is from carrying this company carrying this website <laughs> uh, so when I have to go get back surgery for for carrying Fightful hopefully Jimmy Van will pay for it and yeah, all the top guys are getting hurt so I assume I will be on the IR pretty soon we got to turn down injury sliders. We got we to gotta just ban injury. We got to turn them off. Too many injuries in the world of pro <laughs> wrestling. And like you said, it's all the top guys. CM Punk, AW champion. Cody Rhodes, who is pretty much the face of WWE at this point, especially with Roman not working too much. Uh, Matt Cardona, who NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, also kind of the face of the independents right now. Danielson's a little banged up, but it sounds like he's going to work. Um, Kenny Omega is still out. I just forgot about him, but he's still out. Everybody's injured. Steven Jensen.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. You just went through the list. That's pretty much what I was saying. When, like, you know, all these top guys are out right now. But wrestling's in a pretty good space when, like, like a company like AEW, for instance, like they lose their champion, but like the show's not gonna really get any worse. It's kind of crazy, like, how stacked some of these, some of these shows are, some of these rosters are. WWE is a different story. Like, we'll talk about that with Cody because like They kind of built the whole thing on Cody now, especially with Roman taking less dates. And I mean, the only reason Cody, I I should say the only reason, (laughs) because I'm sure he wanted to do it, but like that Hell in a Cell match, like he's the poster, he's the main event, he's the Hell in a Cell match, like he kind of has to do the match. And it's a lot of it has to do with the fact they don't have anyone else that they can they could rely on in that spot right now. Like the, it's Roman and then it's Cody and that's, and then there's the women, you know, like the women killed it. I thought the, the opening triple threat was a really, really, really damn good match. But like, you know what I mean though? It's one of those things like star power wise, someone like Cody goes out and Roman's not on the show. And it's like, there's they Cody's just got to go out there and get it done. You know, it's like AEW, if this happens, they, the guy that wrestler can just take time off and they just plug in someone else. Cause they're, they're pushing more than what, you know, just one person at a time.
1: Let's start Let's start with Cody Rhodes. There were reports on, I guess it was Sunday afternoon that he was injured. He tore his peck uh, was the, the word going around. I'm pretty sure it's how it was phrased. And then during the pre-show, it was confirmed that he tore his peck. WWE is framing this as, and I don't know if this is the truth or not. And if it is, Cody Rhodes is a lunatic. They're framing it as he got injured and it was a partially torn peck from the brawl that he did with Rollins on Monday, right? Mm -hmm. And then they said he decided to work out, and that's when it just fully ripped off the bone. So what (laughs) they're trying to tell me is it was partially torn on Monday, and this man said, I have a partially torn pec. Instead of resting, letting it heal, icing it up, son – I'm just going to lift a bunch of weights. I'm going to try to bench press 400 pounds or whatever. I'm going to do my curls and my, my dips and whatever these weight trainers do. I don't have muscles. I don't know, but that's what he decided to do with a partially torn pec. And of course it ripped off the bone. You lunatic Cody Rhodes. So that is how they are framing it as he he's a crazy person. He's kind of an idiot. If this is true, just like rest, dude, rest up. All right. You don't need to do a bunch of weight training ripped off the bone. They confirmed the injury. They said he's still going to work. So he comes out. He's got his jacket on. You can tell he's not moving his right arm too much. He gets in the ring. He takes his jacket off. And his whole right side just bruised all to shit. Uh, And this is what happens when you have a torn pec. Triple H posted a photo after he tore his pec after Crown Jewel. And like this is what it looks like. It's not makeup or anything like that. So... It's all it's all gone to hell. His right side. He works through the match and of course gets attacked. It's not something you could just ignore. And again, uh, this lunatic, Cody Rhodes, is doing all these bumps on his right side. He's taking kendo stick shots. Uh just like he's he's doing all this stuff, just banging himself up even more. And maybe maybe it is one of those things where it's like it can't get any worse it's a torn pec so it's like go out there do what you need to do you can't make this injury worse and i assume that's what the case is but he still wrestled he not only wrestled he won i thought this would have been an easy out of hey seth rollins wins cody rhodes was he had a torn pec you can give Seth Rollins the big capper here. Cody has the excuse of the injury of why he lost and everything. Cody's going to miss some time. He comes back stronger. Nope. Cody's still won. They're all in on the Cody Rhodes train here. They're all in on the Cody. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I love that for sure. Um, I thought it was interesting too throughout the kickoff show, which by the way, that kickoff panel is like, it made me less excited for the show. Like they saw, oh, I don't watch that shit. It's Oh, awful. it's bad. It's bad. Like with like Jerry Lawler and Booker T and Rosenberg and those guys. Like it just, it just isn't a good kickoff show. Um, Cookoff panel, I should say. Um, but I remember what, while I was watching that and then throughout, throughout the show, it was weird. Cause they all had this, this statement they had to read like verbatim about Cody's injury. So you just heard the same thing, like 10 different times where someone would be like, Cody was initially injured during the brawl with Seth Rollins on Raw. And then he went to weight train. And while weight training, he tore his pectoral right off the bone, right off the bone. But because of the man that Cody Rhodes is, he's going to compete in the main event. Like it was like the same exact canned statement from multiple commentators throughout the night. And I was like, this sounded very strange just hearing someone read the same thing over and over and over again. And different people reading the same thing over and over and over. And no one could just give like an honest opinion on like, how they felt about it or put their own words to it. It was just this one canned statement that everyone just kept reading all night. But then the match itself, you know, the match itself, I thought was awesome. That was one of the best WWE matches I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, and for Cody to go out there and, and, and do what he did. It's like you said, I mean, they're all in on Cody and they're not gonna, they didn't want to change course based on the injury, which I'm fine with, obviously. I mean, because I want them to inevitably and eventually have cody be the guy to beat roman but um obviously he's gonna need some time off now and i think that's why on monday they had rollins do the whole kendo stick thing like the kind of adding insult to injury because cody had to cody's to take time off either way at this point to to heal that that tear so i feel like they figured well rollins lost the feud he lost all three matches but we can still keep him in like a main event level spot and still keep the heat on him if he's kind of the reason that Cody It's one of those things where the fan base didn't need to see that because we know Cody's injured, obviously, but for the sake of Rollins not coming out as like a complete loser on the other end of this feud, he at least got some sort of one up on Cody on the way out of the feud. And I don't think that they're going to continue it by the way. I I hope they don't. I think at some point down the line, maybe like by like WrestleMania next year or something, we see Cody and Seth going back at it, but I think this was just a way for Seth to like just get some sort of W over Cody before Cody had to, had to take time off. And, but I think there's a lot of people, myself included that are concerned that like when Cody comes back, is it just going to be another Seth Rollins match? I feel like the answer to that is no. I I think this was mainly done just to keep like some heat on Seth, like before Cody had to leave. So we got something
1: out of here. Cody, the way he's talking, he's going to be back for money in the bank. He, he had the, the briefcases were up there. He's like, I know I'll see you in four weeks. This man's going to come out there and do, do a ladder match in four weeks. He's he had surgery today. I believe it was either yesterday or today. Um, I think WWE said it was today, but Sean Ross reported that or WWE said it was Wednesday. Sean Ross reported that it was Thursday. I'm going to trust Sean over WWE. Um, but Cody sounds like he's just going to be back in four weeks and still do this money in the bank match. He's, He's a crazy person. I don't know what he's thinking. Somebody might need to save him from himself, but he wants to go out there and give it all. It doesn't seem like Roman is going to be working on Money in the Bank now, so they need something for this show. Cody was a big part Of the advertisement I know they think Money in the Bank Is like a draw But clearly By the fact That they couldn't Sell out Allegiant Stadium They couldn't even Come close To selling out Allegiant Stadium And they had to move uh, Venues for this show To a smaller venue Kind of shows That like Money in the Bank This name alone Ain't a draw Like it's Wrestlemania Or the Royal Rumble Or even like SummerSlam It's not Like you need Some actual talent On this thing And they don't Like they Doesn't seem like They're gonna have Roman Doesn't seem like they, Cody is crazy enough where they might have him, but I wouldn't expect him if I'm, if I'm fans, I wouldn't go in thinking like, oh, Cody's definitely going to be on this show no matter what he says. Um, But it sounds like he wants to do it regardless. And I think he could, JJ says, you know, pull Brock Lesnar. And like, I think that could be a way to do it. But I don't think Cody wants to do that. I don't think Cody wants to come in last minute to win this briefcase. I think he wants to go in there, take some stupid bumps, fall off the ladder onto the outside, through a table, through barbed wire, through fire, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Cody wants to do in this match. Whether or not he, he gets a chance to do it, I don't know. but but if he says he can do it, Vince is probably like, "Ah, sure, whatever, pal. We need something here. And that that's gonna be that. But Cody, absolute lunatic. For, for all of this. And Seth, yeah, it keeps some heat on him for the Cody thing. I don't think they're going to go back to it immediately. I suspect they'll get back to it at some point. But I don't know why. He's beat this man three times. Move on. Be done with it.
2: Yeah, no, I I feel the same way. And, you know, I think as much as WWE needed Cody to do this, because I think WWE needed Cody way more than Cody needed WWE as far as, like, when it came to the money, the uh, how on a to sell pay-per-view. Like, if Cody would have been like, hey, I need the night off, Vince, I think, would have been like, what are we going to do? Like, you're the poster, you're the hell in a cell match against, I mean, it's the name of the pay-per-view, like, we, we have no Roman, like, it, and, but I think Cody has this mindset of like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and push he's getting right now, and I don't think he wants to give the company any reason to believe that he isn't the right guy to, to carry the company on his back. Because when you look at it, you look at a guy, like, a guy like John Cena, for instance, who had a torn peck and was back in like three or four months. I remember that huge return at Royal Rumble and everyone was like, what? How is he back so soon? You know, And uh, and I think that's kind of what Cody wants is like he wants to be their John Cena for, you know, the next handful of years. Like he wants to put the company on his back. He wants to be the top baby face in wrestling. And. You know, so I think he has this mindset of like I'm not letting anything get in my way of that. Like whether it's an injury or what, like I'm I'm gonna wrestle injured if I have to. Like I'm I know where this is heading, and I don't want to give them any reason to to change their mind. And I think that probably scored huge points with Vince as well. Cody going out there and doing that match, and I also I've heard uh, multiple uh, professional athletes, like NFL players and stuff, talking about Cody's performance at Hell in a Cell. I heard McAfee talking about it as well, and it's the 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 credit and the props that these athletes are giving Cody is it's really cool to see cuz there's guys like AJ Hawk who had that same injury that I have talked about they're like how the hell did he even wrestle with that they're like they're like we've had torn you know NFL players that have had torn pecs talking about it and being like this is unreal to watch footage of this man wrestling with this cuz like it's like when i had this and i played football like i was out for the season like i couldn't even move my arm Like, how is this man doing this? And granted, I'm sure they shoot him up with some stuff and, like, the adrenaline gets to you.
1: That man was on – he doesn't remember what happened. That man was on so many drugs. And I think McAfee said, like, you don't want to shoot him up too much. But Cody Rose – zombie Cody Rose was out there in a comatose state. He didn't feel anything. I hope he took a bunch of – I hope he – I know McAfee wasn't there. I hope McAfee left him a bunch of edibles there and stuff. He just popped a bunch of those things in there. Didn't feel anything because – Like if he felt something, that shit had to hurt. I can't, I really can't imagine what what he was going through. So hopefully they shot him up with some good stuff. He took some good stuff and he just, he just coasted through. He was, he was floating through the night. I I think it's also
2: kind of one of those like scenarios where like a mom picks up a car to save like her kid underneath the car or something type scenario. Just like, (laughs) it's just one of those, like, unexplainable just like feats of heroicism that cody displayed at, at hell in a cell
1: he's got the kid now he's got little liberty who's going to be the president of the united states uh in i don't what, what what do you gotta be like 35 or something i don't know how old you have to be she's gonna be the president of the united states in the next in the coming decades and everything kids will make you do some crazy things Okay, when you when you have that kid and you're you're fighting for the kid, Cody's probably like, "Look, I got to do this, right?" Yeah, I think Brandy even said that. Like, he went out there, and now if my daughter is like, "I can't do this, I can't do that," I'm gonna show her this is what your dad did at WWE Hell in a Cell. You can do whatever the hell you want. All right, if your dad can go out there with a torn pec wrestling like that, you can do anything you want to do. So kids will make you do some dumb shit. Kids and yeah. edibles. You can do anything. You can do anything <laughs> in the world, everybody. That's all you need in oh. life. Kids and edibles.
2: Oh my god. I was gonna say we should put that on a t shirt, but that's gonna send a real weird message <laughs> to a lot of people, I think. But that's a that's funny. Kid, <laughs> kids and edibles will make you make you make some crazy decisions, yeah. um, or make some crazy choices. You you want to help your kids, so you're gonna do anything you can for your kids. Edibles is just YOLO life. Like you just you just <laughs> don't know what's gonna happen. Um, but uh. Uh, Joel, yeah, says he, he would uh, recently jumped off a bridge for his kid. That's funny. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have children. I know, I know you got some kids now, Jeremy. And I know that, uh, Joel does. There's a lot of people in the chat that do SP3, SESC, see all y'all in here. Um, I don't, but it's one of those things where, like, that's a big reason why I don't have children, at least right now, is because I know the moment I have kids, I'm no longer the most important person in my own life. And I'm, and I just, I, I, i'm a little too selfish and too immature i think to, to take on that responsibility at this point in my life and when i become a parent i want to be in a position where like my kid like that's my whole thing is like i think to be a good parent you always have to put your kids first and um that's why i think so many of all great parents you know and i and i think that this is very true i think it's the same kind of thing with cody where not only with the hell in a cell match but probably a big motivation for him going back to the wwe they probably offered him a really really a ton of money, a ton of creative freedom, and he's going to be able to show his kid. Like I was the top wrestler in all the wrestling around the time you were born. I mean, like there's a lot of cool stuff that Cody gets to accomplish now and show his daughter. Um, so anyway, yeah, I uh, I, I can't imagine. I, 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 I should say I can't personally imagine because I haven't been through it, but I understand the concept of like once you have kids that like priorities change and uh, you got to do what you think is going to be best for them. And I think that Cody's doing that right now.
1: Cody Rose is a crazy person. I don't know. Uh, I mean, bless him for, for doing that match as it was. Cause he probably shouldn't have done it. Uh, he probably did feel he needed to. I, you, you make a good point of like, he, he felt he needed to, cause he wants to carry the company like a John Cena who's coming back by the way. Can't wait. My guy, the goat John Cena coming back at the end of the month. Unfortunately, it's probably going to lead to a match with Theory, which is no fun. But what can you do? At least he's coming back. Um, But yeah, he probably feels he needed to do it because he's the face of the company right now. He doesn't want to let anybody down and bless him for it. Bless him. He's He's a crazy person and hopefully it doesn't shorten his career or make things worse or anything like that. And hopefully he is rewarded through all this because there is a very real chance of Vince just being like, Hey, cool. Thanks. And then in three months forgetting that any of this ever happened and moving (coughs) on to, to something else or something different. So I hope that the, this act by Cody Rhodes is not forgotten by those really across the board in WWE. And people realize like, this is a lead by example moment for Cody and people are like, Oh shit. If Cody did this, maybe I can do a little bit more too.
2: Yeah, well, and not only just, I I hope Vince doesn't forget, of course, I hope the fan base doesn't either because all you AEW fans, and I'm one of them, except I wasn't with y'all on this, Call out the I,
1: AEW uh, marks, Stephen. I Jensen.
2: will. I will. They. This. This is deserved. Okay. I'm a. I. I say it all the time, and it's. I'm fine that people know I'm biased. AEW. I think is the best pro wrestling company in the world. I love it. I watch every Dynamite live. I. I have FOMO when I miss AEW. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like I need to watch everything live. I. I love the company. I love the roster. I really like what Tony Khan's done. I like that there's a smart Mark running the company who has a billion dollars. Like I. 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 I love AEW, but. All you fans out there, all you people, y'all booed Cody out of his own company because you couldn't accept him as a babyface, And now he's the biggest baby face in the industry in the other company. And they seem to be loving it. You know what I mean? Like, why did y'all have to do this to this man? I, I hate that this has happened because this should have been Cody in AEW doing this. Like, now WWE gets it. AEW should have had it. And that's on y'all. You know, I think that part of it is Cody like really wanting to go back to the WWE. I think he has multiple prerogatives and reasons to want to go back to the WWE. It isn't just the fan base, but I guarantee you that was a part of the, the, the decision making process of him being like, why would I stay? Like, all these people are booing me. I'm not doing anything to get booed, or at least in his own mind. He's not doing anything to get booed. And he wants to be a babyface. And WWE is letting him have his AEW babyface push, but in the WWE, and it's working tremendously. And he's clearly the successor to Roman Reigns. He's clearly going to be like their John Cena for the next handful of years because Cody's still only like 35 or 36. Like AEW had it. It was right there. It was for for the fan base. And y'all, I mean, granted they booked themselves into a corner with like Cody not winning, being able to win the AEW world title. And there there was was multiple factors in this. But once again, I just got to call it the fan base. I'm one of y'all. I love y'all. I love AEW. I love the AEW fans. But like the way y'all turned on Cody – Look what he's doing over there. Like, you can't tell me y'all don't feel like you messed up. I'm sorry.
1: Call out the fans call out that, these are MJF words, not mine, call out that fucking Mark Tony Khan didn't realize what was in front of him with Cody Rhodes wanting to pay Brian Danielson, wanting to pay CM Punk, wanting to pay Keith Lee and Swerve Scott and, and Mark Henry Black, and Big Show. Buddy Matthews and Christian <laughs> yeah. and Mark Henry and Big Show wanting to pay all these guys while Cody Rhodes, who built that company on his blood, sweat, tears, and fire... They kicked him to the curb. They didn't let him do what he wanted to do. The the AEW Mark fans, the AEW Mark owner just forgot what Cody Rhodes did for that company, what he did it all in when he took the bet from Dave Meltzer. He took the bet, and if he doesn't take that bet, AEW doesn't even happen. And they were just like, oh, sorry, Cody. Get out of here. This new ex-WWE person just got released. We're going to pay him more than you. All right, Cody? Sorry, buddy. They, they forgot where they came from. AEW, the marks, fire me, Tony Khan. I'm begging you. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, Ashra says it in the chat. That's I, I can't pull the comments up because I'm not logged in right now. But I, that's my that's one of my biggest. Just like that right there, that pisses me off so much. That Cody versus Sting was right there, and they figured they had all the time in the world to do it, and now Cody's not there anymore. And I'm feeling the same way with I'm not gonna go into the whole MJF thing because that's a whole other um, it's a whole other topic, you know, that, that would take an entire we we've talked about MJF a lot on here, but the MJF situation reminds me a lot of the Cody Rhodes situation in certain ways because I was not convinced Cody was actually going back to the WWE until he showed up at WrestleMania. Like no matter all the reports that were out there and everything, I didn't believe it until I saw it actually happen. With MJF, I feel like this is a really, really, really well done work and the the fans have bit. And I think this is like one of the most interesting kind of Brian Pillman, loose cannon type scenarios that like we could possibly get in 2022. But the problem is I thought that was what was going on with Cody too. And then Cody actually did just bail and go to the WWE. So like now I'm thinking like, that's what has me so concerned about MJF is like part of me is like, is this all big work because it's a it's a mark wrestling owner and a lifelong wrestling fan and they want to do something that like really blurs the lines and it's the right kind of character to do it being MJF how he sticks to Kfabe and all this stuff. And is this just like the best work we've seen in a long time or is MJF like really just trying to get out and go to the WWE like Cody did, you know, like I really don't know. So, um, so yeah, I I. Well, once again, I I want to stress, I can't stress this enough. I think Cody's performance at Hell in a Cell was absolutely incredible. It's something we should be talking about for a long time going forward. And I also want to give credit to Seth Rollins because this wasn't all a one-way road. Rollins had to work his ass off as well. Rollins is a world-class performer. He has been his entire career back from the Tyler Black days all the way through now. He's always been a great in-ring worker. I can, I can... You know, or the fan base, I should say, can sometimes view him as like an A or a WWE shill and this or that. And it's like, I really don't care at the end of the day because the guy goes out there and he performs. And um I thought that he deserves a lot of credit for the match with Cody as well. I think they both deserve all the credit in the world for pulling off something. They, they, they could have had so many shortcuts for that. Cody's arms injured. They could they were in a hell in a cell. They could have had people run in there. They could have had them use the cell. They could have had they could have done a whole lot of shortcuts and stuff. Instead, like they went out there, they had a badass match that I think the fans really need to respect uh Cody and Rollins both for for that performance.
1: I'm not sure Seth Rollins has won on pay-per-view this year. I'm actually pretty sure. Premium live event, sorry. I'm actually pretty sure he hasn't. Uh, but his performances in every single a premium live event have been great. Like his character work, the the fiance loves him, loves the loves the laugh and everything, the the cackle that he has. Um He's, he's been a good performer this year. Like, credit to the man. It'd be nice if he could pick up a win or two, but as far as performance goes, on the mic as a character and in the ring on the, the premium live events, uh, he's been great. So he's going to have to carry this company right now because Roman, and unfortunately, they booked him very strong when it comes to wins and losses, but Roman's gone for the time being. Randy's out right now. Uh, Cody is going to be out. Rollins is going to have to be the guy for them. And they got to book him a little bit stronger because they ain't got much else, uh, beyond him. I, what they're, what they're trying to do is going to go into my spotlight, Stephen Jensen. I would like an apology. I would like a celebration from everybody. Everybody celebrate (laughs) that I've been saying for years, at least a year I've been calling edges return. I've been calling him a little bitch. I've Been saying this return ain't working, it ain't doing anything. This is actually 2020. When did he return? He returned in 2020, right? Pandemic, yeah, yeah, right,
2: right, but like right as the pandemic was starting, pretty much in that little
1: rumble. Yeah, he's been a little bitch, it ain't, it it hasn't done anything. And then what happened? He gets his little group, He, he gets his the judgment day, you gotta have the the. In there, and I don't want Sean Rossap getting you know mis- misreported here, like is what's been happening. So on on Monday, the Judgment Day, they they kicked Edge out of the group, and Finn Balor is now the new leader with with Priest and Rhea Ripley, and Sean Rossap reports we're told the WWE had mentioned uh, taking Judgment Day as a supernatural route. Which Edge was said to have been opposed to, probably smart, honestly. Words started to emerge in the afternoon, hours ahead of uh, RAW. A big shift involving Finn Balor and Edge was set to happen. Uh, although that was firmly set on Monday, the pitch to have Balor as the member of Judgment Day came well before that. Sources indicated that the week prior, that Balor was set to turn heel and join the group before Hell in a Cell. There's no mention of Edge leaving the group at this point. It's not known if, a, a kid, Sean Sean Rossab doesn't don't don't misreport him here, everybody. It isn't known if Edge being like yeah I'm doing the supernatural shit is that led to him being kicked out. I don't know. I don't know where Judgment Day goes. I, I I'm lying if I say if they're going this supernatural stuff, I'm going to care too much. I think Finn Bálor is more interesting as the leader than Edge cuz Edge was doing nothing for me, absolutely nothing. Um I and mean, then with Bálor, at least There's something there. I like Finn Balor as a heel, him leading a group. That's worked before. Uh, But if they're doing spooky, shooting, if they're wizards, I don't care about any of that. What what the real point here is that I've said Edge's return was a bust. I've said he's been a little bitch. I am right. What has this man accomplished since returning? Name me one good thing Edge has done since returning. He did this group and it got taken away within two months. Somebody tell me what Edge did well in his return.
2: He won the Royal Rumble for number one,
1: didn't he, a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. I think they made him number one, even though he was originally supposed to be number two because yeah. they wanted him to win as number one. Cool. He won a Royal Rumble in front of a bunch of LED screens. Congratulations, <laughs> buddy.
2: Sure. Well, I just want to throw that out there because, like, that's really all I could think of. That was, like, really – I mean, he's had a couple good matches since he's been back. They I'll give you the credit. The, wasn't the, it was a Rollins match he had that was really good, wasn't it? Like, with the – in a Hell in a Cell.
1: That's all Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has proved. He got a stupid haircut. That haircut sucks.
2: Well, well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, he got this haircut. He got new uh, theme music, a new Titantron video. He did the Gangrel
1: entrance. Stuff. Everybody loved that. He played that off sick. the past yeah. so we could do the, the Gangrel entrance. Cool. He used the nostalgia pop. Great.
2: Yeah, that, that that was actually pretty badass, though. I'll give them credit. Like, the Gangrel entrance, the first time that he that he did that in, like, you know, a long-ass time was pretty cool um so yeah yeah joel saying is in the saudi cell like that that's what i'm talking about yeah seth yeah rollins but anyway had a no. good
1: hell a, yeah seth rollins had a good hell a- everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Cell matching, it's a man with one tit. So I'm not surprised he had a good hell in a cell match with Edge.
2: True. Hey, the, the, I, I'm not disputing this. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, I understand your point. Out of the last, you speaking. know,
1: all edge praise
2: (laughs) but so it's just so this is baffling right so i i only watch wwe pay-per-view or premium live events um that's you know that's pretty well known i talk about that all the time and that's why i think WWE has been a lot more enjoyable for me recently is because i just watch it once a month and they catch me up with the video packages and unless it's something we're going to talk about on this show like i'll go out of my way to watch something that we want to talk about for the spotlight but outside of that i'm not sitting through a three-hour raw and a two-hour smackdown every week and all that stuff but because i was once so when i was watching the pay-per-view i was like i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the show for the most part i really did um i thought the matches were good the stories were good for the most part but when i was watching the judgment day match obviously i I noticed okay edge pins finn Balor to win that match for their team and then on raw on monday you know i found i I made sure to go to my way to watch this so i knew what i was talking about here of course but like so when i don't understand how there's any logical reasoning in the idea of like edge being the leader of the group, he pins Finn Balor to win for the team. He's done pretty much nothing but win since judgment day has been around. He's like, he won the AJ feud. He, he just won the previous night. He got the pinfall. And for some reason, the story is like, Edge just isn't getting it done for us. So we want the guy who he pinned to be our leader. Now it's like, what? You know, like, it doesn't make any logical sense. The, the the real reason, most likely, is what we were just saying. What Sean's reporting is like Cody's out, they're scrambling for any sort of babyface that the fans recognize, and they're they probably needed a turn edge babyface just immediately. Um, and I think for the main event on Monday, too, like Judgment Day came out with like. Edges music and edges Titantron and stuff because they probably made this decision to to change Judgment Day like right before the show happened or, or during the show I mean it, it was clearly a very last minute thing to do. Um, now as far as Bauer being a part of the group, like I don't have an issue with that, and I think they're going to continue to add members, I'd imagine. But like the logical thinking behind it just doesn't. Now, once again, I say this the all logic, the time.
1: I... The logic mm-hmm. is Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Are losers, and so they want to be associated with a loser like Finn Balor. Edge was winning too much for them. <laughs> Priest is, Priest was losing a bunch, and then he joined Edge, and then Rhea Ripley was losing a bunch, and then she joined, and then Edge won. He's like, wait a second, this guy's actually like winning matches. We can't have that. <laughs> Everybody's just a big old loser on Raw. So that's it's like, like Balor lost, and they're like, all right, losers unite. Let's do some oh. magic, everybody
2: it's like that South Park episode, the losing edge where they, where they all are playing Absolutely. baseball. Yeah. They're yeah. they're trying to not have to play baseball all summer. So they're trying oh, to lose. But, all, but, but yeah, like <laughs> yeah it is. Yeah. But all the other teams are trying to lose too. Cause all, none of the other teams all They, they don't want to play all summer either. So it's just like big a big tournament of people trying to lose, and just play worse. So that they don't have to keep playing. Um, that kind of reminds me of really
1: wrestle. They just want to lose. I know Ripley won in the main event. <laughs> Uh, JJ, but she was losing a bunch before that, before she joined with Edge. Again, they, they all these losers, they, they were winning with Edge. They can't have that. So now they gotta lose a bunch again. Right, Magic and shit. I can't wait to see well, what this supernatural stuff goes. I hope Finn Balor is like mixing, throwing stuff into witch pots and stuff. They're casting spells on everybody. Great. Give me the dumbest shit possible with this group.
2: Yeah, well... It could, we could see, we could see, I have no idea what they're, what they're planning on doing with this, but I will say this. And I say this a lot, kind of as a blanket statement about a lot of the WWE creative and I just got to keep it consistent here. If I was six, which is like a lot of their fan base. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't even be questioning it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's their mindset. It's just like our fan base is so young. And so like, just so in love with our product that like, we can just do stuff. And like, it doesn't have to make sense. And if, and if a bunch of 30 year old wrestling fans, like me and you don't understand it, they just don't care. Cause we're not really their, their target audience anyways. Unless, except for Cody. Cody is our, Cody is their key to our demo. Like 100%. Like they're letting us know when he's going to be on the show. Hey, if you're 18 to 49, come watch Cody. We know he's your guy. But everyone else, it's just not gonna make sense because it's for six-year-olds. So I
1: I you know that's Stephen Jensen. That's day. Steven Jensen says WWE only appeals to idiotic six-year-olds. I didn't call them that's, idiotic. That's I just said that there's You six. did. You said you said if I was six, I probably wouldn't understand it. And it doesn't matter. You're calling these six year olds idiots who don't question any of it.
2: It's because when like when I was six, I was watching uh, you know the tax, ma- the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan and and Dungeon of Doom trying to destroy Hulkamania. That, that was, was one of the worst storylines ever. But no, like when was, we were six, like, it ruled. You know what I mean? Like that's that's my whole point is like it it ruled. Like I when I started watching wrestling, I thought that Kevin Sullivan was like the biggest heel in wrestling in history. Like I didn't know any different. Like I I didn't know like how big of a deal Ric Flair was back in the day or 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 any of this kind of stuff. Or Roddy Piper in the WWF before I was watching like. So for me, it was Kevin Sullivan, and like I was all in on like Ming and the Barbarian, and when the when the Giant debuted, and, and all that stuff. So when when Hulk, when Hulk Hogan was trying to find the Dungeon of Doom, and he touches the water, he's like, "Oh, it's not hot," you know, like all that, Like like I like, I remember like I remember all of these things, and remember thinking they were good because I was, I mean, I was this I was probably 1994, and I was born in '88, so I was literally probably like six years old watching this stuff. So that's that's when I. That's why I give some some leeway and some sympathy to like the WWE creative and what they're doing because like if you're that age you're not you're not watching it being like wait a second Edge pin Balor and all of them are losing but they're complaining about it. they're just sitting there going Balor is a bad guy now Balor's with Judgment Day and then like they just tune in the next Monday you know they don't they're not gonna like question it beyond that probably so
1: let me tell you these six year olds they don't have the attention span for this stuff okay. They, they don't care at all about this. You're you're right. These idiotic six year olds. You can just do a bunch <laughs> of turns and twists and turns. I watch these cartoon shows. These cartoon shows don't make any sense. We got we got we got young kids. They they watch their their. their, their you ever watch Steven Universe? Anybody in the chat? You that watch Steven? None of these shows make sense. They don't. That they don't care. They just see their flashing lights and. Uh, powers and whatnot doc mcstuffins she's fixing up like toys there's no logic to any of these shows doc McStuffins. peppa pig peppa pig's the dumbest show in the world and yet these little kids they enjoy the shit out of it they they have no sense of what's going on. like cool british accents we love it Uh they she, she's a pig her dad everybody's mean to each other on this show none of these shows make any sense but you're right the idiotic six-year-olds they love it so it works Yes, the fiance. And, yeah. All right, she she can either hear me. She's watching the show. I don't know. Can I? I'm gonna let the little kid watch wrestling, and I'm gonna have her. <laughs> Slacker says Doc McStuffins has no degree. Exactly. How's she just? She just got a medical license to fix up toys. What school that's did she so go to? to I've never
2: heard of this, but toys. like this, I, I'm yeah. That's funny. A doctor for toys. Okay. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't make
1: any sense. I'm gonna see if I can let the the, the little one. <laughs> watch some wrestling and I'll, I'll have her take notes and I'll read the notes next week. She's not going to let the, she's not going to let her appear on air, even though our ratings would go sky high He's The cutest little kid in the world. Uh, but I'm going to see if she's going to take notes and see if we can read the notes on air, let her watch some wrestling and we'll, we will get notes from an idiotic child. She's not an idiot, but, but Steven Jensen's words, idiotic children.
2: No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah just, <laughs> but, but it's funny because like you mentioned all these, like all this current day stuff, like, Doc McStuffins and what was the other one? Steve something. What was uh, Steve other and show Universe? That? Steve Steve and universe. universe. Um, but it's like when we were growing up, like we had Power Rangers, and like Power Rangers was incredible, right? Like it was huge. I still collect Power Rangers stuff to this day, like Mighty Morphin only, because you know, I'm, you know. But <laughs> I, but I but my point is, if I try to watch Power Rangers now it's terrible i'm like this is like so cheesy and corny and just non-stop but it's like it's just hitting the sensors in a little kid's head over and over and over again it's the fighting and the the colors and the transforming and the action and the explosions and it just has a kid's attention from start to finish but it really isn't very good when you're an adult and you try to go back and watch it that's kind of the same kind of concept right it's like you know this I think the WWE wants to put on a product that kids can just, just watch and just zone out and just not question it, just enjoy it. Um, and I have no problem with that. It's just for, for me as a wrestling fan, especially one that like, you know, analyzes wrestling to some degree here on Fightful and stuff. It's like, I have to give you my opinion on it as a, you know, 30 or 34 year old man, but like, you know, so I think it's corny, but like, once again, that's, that's why I never really bashed the WWE. I might not, it might not be for me, but like, if a six-year-old kid saw this judgment day stuff, they might really like it. And I can't like, we're, we're going we're to find out we're going to find out.
1: We're going to next week. We're going to see who's correct. If Steven Jensen is right. And if uh, all six-year-olds are idiots or what I think, <laughs> I think that some of them are smart and we're going to be, we're going to prove this correct next week. When we have kids say, t- I'm going to have her watch judgment day clips and be like, what do you think of this? And I'm going to get her opinion on it. And she's going to prove that six-year-olds understand this stuff. And WWE should do better. Okay? okay that's what we're that's doing fair. next
2: week. I love it. I love it. All right, let's move on. What's the next offer?
1: CM Punk's injured. More injuries. <laughs> CM Punk's hurt. They're doing an interim <laughs> title. It's going to be John Moxley against Hiroki Goto at AEW. Wonder who's winning that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for the interim title at Forbidden Door. This sucks for CM Punk. It, it's great that like they're they're gonna let him keep the title and they'll just move on and uh, they'll do a big unification match down the line. But it's very unfortunate that um, that that John Ma- or that CM Punk is injured and now can't go on this this world title run. Uh, maybe you should cut the stage dive off because apparently that's where he hurt himself. I know he also like he came up lame when he tried the uh, when he tried the springboard clothesline um in the in the six-man tag match so that and he he slipped off the rope so that didn't look good either but very unfortunate for CM Punk to be injured in this falling apart and you know they're doing the interim title they're trying to make the the best of it I'm not the biggest fan of interim titles but I know Tony Khan does not want um he doesn't like vacating titles he likes to go the UFC route with this and that's what they're doing yeah, which I don't really
2: have a problem with, as long as Punk's gonna be like. It, it depends on how long Punk's out, right? Like, if he was gonna be out for just like a few weeks, then I wouldn't want an, an interim title. But if he's gonna be back in like three, four months, something like something like that, then, um, then I think the inter-, inter I can't say interim title. Interim title makes sense. But if he was gonna be out for like a year, then I would just have him vacate. You know what I mean? I think it just depends on how how soon he'll be back. And I think the expectation is to unify the titles sooner than later like whenever punk gets back his first big match i'm sure will be against whoever the interim champion is so this is really just a way of establishing a number one contender even though they do have a ranking system to do that but like i i don't mind the idea of an interim title for this particular scenario and it is cool having the involvement of the new japan guys uh with this too but like you said i mean it's clearly Tanahashi's going to beat Goto. I mean, it would just wouldn't make any sense for like nothing against Goto. It's just, it's Tanahashi. And like, Goto is the ultimate option.
1: loser. Goto is the ultimate loser in new Japan. This is what he does. He loses matches.
2: Yeah. Especially to like the tippy top level guys. Um and, so I I personally I know that Dominion's coming up we're going to talk about that a little bit but like I personally wish this was like Tanahashi versus Okada or Tanahashi versus Jay White or Tanahashi versus Naito or like something like that where there was a there was more uh it was less uh predictable because I you know clearly they've been wanting to do Tanahashi versus Moxley one on one for a while like this was planned like like pre-pandemic I want to say they were like already yeah. teasing that so like so that's the match And I have no problem with that. The match is going to rule. And like the way that they got there wound up being kind of predictable, but kind of not because we'll we'll talk about Kyle O'Reilly as well. But like, I, it's one of those things where, okay, Tanahashi, it's clearly going to be Tanahashi. All right. I I just can't imagine Goto versus Moxley being the match. But so we're going to get a badass dream match out of that for the title. I think that it was awesome seeing Kyler Wiley last night. Um, he's one of my favorite in-ring wrestlers in the world. He was a guy that when he was when when he was in NXT. Now, of course, I was a fan of his in, in Ring of Honor, New Japan, previous to that. But like when he was in NXT, I was always like, push Kyle, push Kyle, push. him was a singles guy, like Red Dragon rules. But like, there's only there's a there's a ceiling to Red Dragon. Like, as as much as sorry, I'm gonna again.
1: Oh, Jensen with the, the torn sniffles. There we go.
2: Try, try, try. Get, get that mute in real <laughs> quick. Um, I know people complain about that sometimes when I listen to the audio if I sneeze or cough or something, I'm trying to get better about that. But um, but yeah, so Kyle, I've always been a big like I think Red Dragon has kind of a ceiling. Like they're a great tag team, they're one of my favorite tag teams like ever. But it's kind of I don't know what the right word is, but like you have Adam Cole. Who has this Owen, this Owen belt, and he's on commentary during Hangman's match, and he's like main event level guy consistently. You have Kyle O'Reilly beats most of the roster in this battle royal, goes on to the main event, has this badass match with John Moxley, and it's like hell yeah, like Kyle O'Reilly can hang with with the top level guys. Like you know, you know, there's plans for him. He has like a five year AEW deal. You know, Tony Khan's got some big singles plans for him, and Bobby Fish is there too. And it's just like you know, he has nothing going on. It's like it's like, and I I and it isn't anything against Bobby Fish. It's more like I've always viewed Kyle and Adam on the same level, and Bobby just a few notches below them. And
1: it's kind of showing right now because do not, do not disparage Big Dick Bob Fish. All right, hey, don't, don't listen. disparage this man.
2: What my point though is that like they should not hold Kyle back by having him be too much of a tag team wrestler right now like i think kyle needs a singles run and he's proven with the darby match which was an awesome match with um with last night the the entirety of last night for kyle they really should push him as a singles guy now for him to tag with bobby fish occasionally or even consistently that that's fine and AEW is really good about having tag team guys also have singles runs parallel to their tag team runs i'm totally fine that's probably best case scenario for for kyle is like you can have him as a part of red dragon and you can have him as a part of the undisputed elite um and you can have him doing tag team matches that's fine but they need to still be pushing him as a singles guy i think because there's a there's a lot of opportunity there and he's good in the ring with anybody in that company like, they can have a badass match with him against anybody at any time um so i wanted to really give a shout out to kyle o'reilly today too because I think he's really breaking out as a singles guy for the AEW audience. And I think that's a really good thing. And uh, so you've got a lot of good stuff coming out of this, this tournament. We're seeing new Japan involvement. We're seeing Moxley, you know, that made sense too with Moxley being the number one contender that he didn't have to do the battle Royal. The one thing that was weird was that Hangman wrestled Dave Finley instead of being in the battle Royal. Like I know that they, that they explained that with him calling out Okada, which, that's also badass. Like that kind of stems from the AEW interim title too. Like Hangman feels like he needs to go after the IWGP US or IWGP World Championship. So there's just a lot that's come out of this this interim title tournament for a lot of different people.
1: So um, so I think it's overall been a really good thing. The Battle Royal was sort of irritating for me because if you look at the rankings, they, they love these rankings. John Moxley number one. Sure, he didn't have to do the battle royal. Wardlow, okay, they explained that he said he didn't want to do it because of Punk, and he wants to go after the TNT title. Okay, Adam Cole, I know he's hurt, but I I guess that was the reason he didn't do it. He he's injured. Hangman Page, I guess he called out Okada. Jay Lethal, he was not in the battle world. Those are the top five in in these rankings, right? Like they tried to explain top
2: five right now. Yes, yeah he's that he's, makes you know, no he's, sense okay he's yeah
1: marina shafir is top five in the women's division and oh, all she does is lose on the main on the main show but she just wins on dark this is why these rankings yeah. are just they don't mean anything honestly that's wild. They, they don't brian danielson and john moxley are number two in the tag team rankings by the way but the it young had Bugs, like a, oh yeah sorry what, the, what are the young bucks at Oh, the Young Bucks are five, and the Hardys are three, and they're the ones getting getting the title shots. These these rankings, and it, it you know it makes sense. The Young Bucks they pinned Jungle Boy. The Hardys beat uh, beat the the Young Bucks in the pay per view. Like I get it, but this is why I just don't put any stock into these rankings because your five top contenders were not in this battle royal. I understand number one didn't need to be in the battle royal, but the others just weren't in this battle royal to go after the interim title. And, and to me. Even if you try to explain some of it, it also just doesn't make complete sense to me. Um, and that's why I don't put stock into the rankings. I think it's, they're kind of stupid. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, by the way, quickly, quickly on him. Uh, I, I, I said this when he was still in NXT. He had those banger matches with Finn Balor. I thought they should have put the title on him. Then coming out of that feud, I thought he should have won that five way, that, that four way, whatever they did at that NXT show that and Cross ended up winning. I thought yeah. Kyle O'Reilly should have won that. They should have gone with him. He's a great fit in AW. All he does is have great matches. I'm not sold on him like personality wise. I don't know if he can carry uh, the world title. Or anything like that. I think for NXT, it would have been fine. Uh, for AEW, there's just so many tip-top guys that, that it's tough to to overlook his uh, charisma or his, his promo skills compared to the other guys. But as far as like in-ring-wise goes, all this guy does is have great matches. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to Kyle Roy That match with John Moxley ruled last night. Moxley's going to win the interim title. I would imagine. I think it'd be sweet if they put it on Tanahashi. But I would imagine that Moxley's going to win the interim title and then at some point he'll face CM Punk and look Moxley. I know it's an interim title. It'll be nice to see him with that belt in front of fans because pretty much his entire run. The first time around was with no fans. He won the title at revolution. And then like two weeks later, pandemic started and he defended it only daily's place. And now he'll get an interim title run where, uh, in front of fans. So that'll be at least good to see. And when they do the match with CM Punk, gonna be a great match it'd be, be a very good match so uh you know they're trying to make the best out of it hopefully punk isn't out too long i know he underwent surgery yesterday and everything was good so hopefully he's not out too long and if if they don't want to use the interim title steven jensen if you know if these top five guys guys—Wardlow, adam cole hangman page jay lethal they don't want to go after the world title if they don't want to go after the tnt title they can now go after the mid-atlantic champion all atlantic. all atlantic all atlantic sorry I'm confusing all my promotions that Tony Khan loves here They can go after the All-Atlantic Championship They introduced this new belt last night They're having a tournament with qualifying matches And then a four-way match at the pay-per-view Pack uh, qualified last night We got Miro and Ethan Page um, And we have Malakai and Penta Oscuro uh, Qualifying matches coming up And then we have a New Japan qualifying match And the winners will all face at Forbidden Door Do we need another title in AEW? Do we need another singles championship in AEW, Jensen?
2: No, we don't. Um, Especially if trios titles are coming. I know that's not a singles title, but like, I'm usually more of the mindset of like less titles is better. Um, The only thing about my, so in all honesty, if, if, if the TNT title was in a better spot, I might, have more reason for wanting the all-atlantic championship but i feel like the tnt titles in like a weird limbo right now too where like i don't think scorpio sky is the best guy to have that belt right now that's just me personally um and i don't think that sammy Guevara should either i think that that i think that their back and forth feud has done more to hurt the title than help the title um
1: yeah, and said as much.
2: yeah true true and and I think it's pretty clear Wardlow's going to get that belt next. And maybe they feel like they need to create this all-Atlantic championship so they can have a belt that, like, actually, there's, like, actual, like, doubt of, like, who's going to win and retain and, and defend these belts. Because once Wardlow gets that TNT title, like, he's not going to lose until maybe it's, like, a unification with the world title or, or an often C-type scenario for the world title against Punk or something like that. But they're heading towards Wardlow versus Punk eventually. They've made that very clear. Um, but I don't see Wardlow losing to any anyone else, Leading up to that, um, I do like the kind of the worldwide aspect of the All Atlantic Championship. How they they've highlighted, you know, um, all the different countries that all these different wrestlers are from, and they're putting together good matchups. Like I like the idea of Penta versus Malachi and Mira versus Ethan Page. I, I love the idea of Ethan, of Ethan Page just doing something. Like he's been in the background during the whole Scorpio Sky thing, where you know I think he's just getting the shaft, and he got. I, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not. I know I talked about it on some podcasts, but if I'm Ethan Page, I am furious right now with AEW. I'm pissed. I'm trying to get out of my deal with AEW if I'm Ethan Page because they're pushed him so far in the background in AEW when like he should be getting highlighted, especially like he doesn't need Dan Lambert and Scorpio Sky. Like he like he's a great talker, like, and he's great in the ring and like, he's the total package. Like he's fine on his own or with, he's in a weird spot in aew but what i'd be really pissed off about is everyone and their dog has an aew action figure coming out and ethan page does not and he's an action figure collector he's out there promoting the company promoting collecting he's got his youtube channels and like this guy's not getting an action figure anytime soon like there's there's wrestlers who have done far less better better getting action figures and he's not getting one and so if i'm him i'm pissed off like i'm not gonna lie um and he's got to get destroyed by miro like there's no way he's winning that match so um so he's in a he's in a real weird spot in aew in my opinion um i think pack versus buddy matthews is really good it was like watching that uh spider-man versus spider-man meme that you always see where they're like right in front of each other and they look the same um yeah exactly like it's, it's like that and i thought that was really good so i think we're gonna get good matches <laughs> and i think that a big part of the reason they're doing this is because they want another title belt at forbidden door where they could probably do another new Japan versus AEW match. I'm assuming whoever on the is in the new Japan bracket will probably advance to the finals. Um, they'll have to figure out how to get Malachi out of there though, without hurting him because uh, they've protected him so much, but um, maybe he wins the whole thing too. That's possible as well. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, I, I don't feel like they need this title belt in the company. Um, especially because the, the TNT title I think is in a real weird limbo right now, and uh, but I do think we're gonna get a lot of good matches out of this tournament.
1: I can Americans challenge for this title? Is this like no?
0: Right now they don't have
1: Americans in this title picture, so is the TNT title for Americans only? And. Uh, in, in the words of J.R., is the, the All-Atlantic title just for foreigners? If you ain't American, you're a foreigner to Jim Ross. Uh, so is this title just for foreigners? Uh, I would like some clarification on that. I don't know. I don't think they need another belt. Like they, to me, they don't just do good stories. I don't want it to become a thing. And this was my issue with WWE for years, is where they couldn't do stories unless they had a title. And the titles just felt like props to advance stories and to tell whatever story they wanted to tell. And I don't want that in AEW. They've proven they can do stories without titles. And AF was a big thing, um, but they they gotta without these titles. I need I need something when, when it comes to these stories because the women's division. This is the issue right now. Is like they ain't telling much stories outside without these titles. And even some of the title stories, whatever they're trying to tell, isn't all that good. So I don't want that to become the issue in the men's division either of like, hey, everything needs a belt. Otherwise, we just can't put together anything. Um, Yeah, Ricky Starks is very uh, tough uh, when it comes to, he's in a tough position when it comes to the FTW title. They're probably doing more with that as a championship and they're just not doing a whole lot with that. I don't know, we'll see uh, what they end up doing there. I'll let it play out. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt with this championship, but another singles title in the men's division isn't what I was clamoring for. Honestly, when they just don't need it. Like they, they, they book the men's division for the most part. Fine. They do their dream matches and stuff. It just seems like that's all it is. Like, Hey, let's just do these cool matches. Now there's a title. So it feels like it's extra important. So that's it.
2: That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll add to, by saying like, that the, the FTW championship serves literally no purpose for AEW. Like it's cool. Like, like I'm sure it's cool for Starks to have that belt. And it was a cool kind of prop for Brian Cage when the company started and stuff with the the lineage of that title and the history with DCW and stuff. But like, it just, it serves really no purpose on AEW TV, that title belt. And, and I, I this, this all Atlantic thing wasn't on my radar at all. I figured that when they mentioned the new titles, I figured like it was going to be the trios belt that they've, apparently already made yeah,
1: those are still coming as well you know tony khan has said when kenny omega comes back that's when at some point they'll get introduced so you're gonna throw trios titles into the mix do you introduce women's tag team titles at some point like is everything just going to revolve around various championships and then if you add too many championships then you actually do devalue some of these titles because with the tnt title that was elevated to like, oh, this is a very important title, especially when Cody had it. Like this title feels very important. It's taken a hit with the Sammy and Scorpio sky, passing it off and their whole feud. It's taking a hit on there. I do think Scorpio can get it back to a certain level, especially if he's in a feud with Wardlow. We'll see. Um, but I don't, I don't know what this all Atlantic title is going to bring. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt if it's just a title to do the same matches they've been doing, except now there's a title attached. I don't know. I feel like they could do more with with they, they could just keep doing that. Just give me some stories with some of this stuff. I care way more about that, something I can sink my teeth into than hey, you should this match should be important to you because there's a championship on the line. I don't think these titles, at least to me, I'm not a big this title is important kind of thing. The title is only important if the story that I can sink my teeth into is important with that title. If you're just throwing a title into it, it's not important to me. Like look at all of Charlotte's runs in, in WWE. The, those title runs don't mean anything because their stories suck. There's no actual meat to what she's doing. It's like, hey, here's this title. Okay, cool. I don't care. Give me something that has some meat to it. Put some meat on these belts. Give me mm-hmm. the all meaty titles aew
2: meaty meat man title yeah Yeah. no i'm with you and because even in like the attitude era there was a lot of title belts but there was stories that like like uh like even when when they had a, a point when it was like the world champion the ic champion the european championship the the hardcore championship the tag title belts uh there was still like stories going on like I, I still remember caring about guys like, like Yilo Brown being the European champion because like, I liked his matches and the stories and like, it felt like everyone on the card had something that mattered back then. And there were just title belts that kind of like put an exclamation point on things, but like, no, I'm with you without good stories. The titles don't mean anything. And that's why I feel like the WWE title belts are right now are so devalued. And I think the only one that really matters is Romans. Cause that's the only story that's interesting outside of what like, Cody's doing. But yeah, no, know Anyway, that's uh, but yeah, I I this all in a championship came out of the complete blue for me. Um, it's kind of random. I don't really see the point in it, to be completely honest. But um, but hey, we'll
1: let it. I'll let it play out. There you go. Let it play out. Uh, let's move on to our other spotlights. Mine this week uh, is still kind of in the AEW realm. Hangman Page called out Okada Kazuchika Okada. He wants the I W G P World Heavyweight Championship. Adam Cole correctly pointed out, hey, by the time-forbidden door rolls around, he might not be the champion because he has to face Jay White this Sunday at Dominion. I would put this belt on Jay White. I don't think they're going to do it. I think you can still do Okada and Hangman without this title. Maybe you do some type of tag. I I don't know. Maybe do a four-way with Adam Cole. Maybe do a triple threat. Um, However they handle it, I would put this belt on Jay White, though. I think since he's returned to Japan at Dantaku and the way that uh, the Bullet Club kind of came back and breathed new life into the Bullet Club or rebreathed life into the Bullet Club with Jay White, I'd put this title on him and let him run with it. I don't think they're going to do it. I think the Okada, the hangman call out almost tips their hand that Okada is going to win. And I don't, I don't quite like that i understand they want to try to get ahead of the okada hangman stuff early i did like that um adam cole was like hey no we have to settle this first i would go with jay white at dominion i think it'd be a great match but what are your thoughts on who should come out of dominion as the iwgp world heavyweight champion
2: well at this point i I really do want to see i mean i think we're going to get okada versus versus hangman either way at this point too because otherwise i don't know why they would have had the call out last night but i guess it's possible that jay white could win the title but then i would want to see hangman versus jay white i want to see hangman wrestle for the iwgp championship because at the end of the day like if that's the that's the reason in his own his own promo if that's the reason he didn't enter the battle royal was because he has a sight set on the iwgp world championship then then he just doesn't get a title shot at forbidden door then like he just kind of looks stupid because like, dude, you gave up a shot at the interim AEW title and you're not even getting a shot at the IWGP world title. Like what you played yourself, you know, I, I don't think that would be good for hangman. Um, so I, I'm assuming that Okada will probably defeat Jay white and we'll get Okada versus hangman for the IWGP world championship at uh, a at forbidden door. But honestly, I mean, if it wound up being Jay white versus hangman, I remember the two of them having a really good match. It was years ago, but it was in New Japan. And I remember that being one of like, I, I was writing for Daily DDT back back then. It was a long time ago. But uh, I remember writing an article about like Hangman Page's breakout performance being against Jay White in that match. And that was back when I was saying like, I, that's when I first started seeing Hangman as like a future potential like main event, big time star in wrestling. And a lot of that had to do with the match that he had with jay white so um so yeah i i'm i'm all for any of the options but like personally i i, I would like to see okada retain over jay white and then do okada versus hangman because the story is super interesting and i love the idea of like rainmaker versus buckshot lariat like there's there's a there's a lot that goes into the match that i think just makes it really cool and i think that there's there's a chance hangman could win that like i'd imagine okada would win and retain the belt, but there's still like reasonable doubt that Hangman could pull that off and become the IWGP World Champion, which could open up a whole lot of interesting possibilities. So um, that's, that's what I want to see personally, Hangman versus Okada, especially
1: since Hangman brought it up yesterday. I don't think there's a chance in hell Hangman's winning that belt mm-hmm. uh, because Moxley's probably going to defeat Tanahashi to win the interim title. I don't think New Japan's losing both the big matches. Sure. I, and that's, that's why they're going to split those however you frame it they're going to split those so I, I just don't think that that hangman's gonna win it um like those are the two big singles matches right now i don't know what else they, they could possibly do it looks like they're setting up a lot of tag team stuff i mean you wanted to talk about will osprey he made an appearance last night uh attacking ftr with, with ozzy open ftr and trent it seems like that's setting up for a multi-man match which not what everybody kind of had in mind when they talked about will osprey being on forbidden door not even what will osprey had in mind he's like yeah i want to face a a homegrown aew guy like like give me jungle boy give me darby give me these guys that like made their name in AEW." and AEW is like well here's ftr and trent and rocky and this multi-man match that we're gonna do so i i don't maybe they do something else with osprey they've got a couple weeks to to try to reframe it because i guess technically you could do I mean, maybe Orange Cassidy is back by then. He's advertised for the dark tapings this week, which makes me believe he's going to wrestle. So I don't know if you do Osprey and Orange Cassidy in a singles bout. It seems more likely we're getting United Empire, which would be Osprey, Ozzy Open, Cobb, and Ocon. That's five against FTR, Trent, Rocky, and Orange Cassidy. That, that's five. I don't know where Chuck Taylor fits into that. i I don't know where they're where they're gonna go with that um but it seems like they're setting up a multi-man match with with osprey
2: and they're doing one on rampage aren't they like a a six man yeah Yeah,
1: they're doing a six man on rampage
2: so yeah i don't know but i i do think it was really cool to see will osprey on aw tv i was literally like i have a buddy who who comes over every wednesday to watch dynamite and um i was telling him before the show i was like man it's a shame that like Osprey is probably just never gonna be on AEW because like there's a there's a part of the fan base that really, really doesn't like him and all this stuff. And then like lo and behold, he shows up that night. And I was like, dude, I can't believe that just happened. Like I was just talking about how unfortunate it is that we'll never get to see this guy in AEW, and here he is. So that was that was pretty cool. I understand why people have soured on him, but I also I do and I don't. Like there's a lot of layers to a lot of the stuff that the reasons why people don't like him. I think that he is an exceptional in-ring performer, exceptional, like arguably the best in-ring wrestler in the entire world right now. Um, And I want to see him do his thing in AEW. It, it's wild that he's never really had a platform in the United States before. Like he's pretty much a, a complete unknown to like the, the U.S. fan base, the, the casual U.S. fan base, the hardcore fan base obviously knows him, but like the casual U.S. fan base for wrestling probably doesn't know a whole lot about him. And they're going to be mind blown when they see this guy wrestle. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's badass to see him in AEW and um, I'm glad we finally got it. And I, but I do hope it's a singles match at Forbidden Door, but I do think you're right. I think there's a very good, a very good chance that it's like a multi-man type match, but um, I'm hoping we get more Osprey and AEW going forward.
1: I, I hope he gets his singles match at Forbidden Door as, like you said, as far as performance wise, Will Ospreay, he's at the tippy top of, of in-ring performers as a person. Uh, there is a lot that I don't agree with him on and a lot that uh, seemingly has done that does not make him a very good person. But I don't know the man personally, so just going based off the, the stories that have been told and some of his actions as well. Um, your spotlight for the other Steven Jensen. Another injury, Matt Cardona. He's hurt, torn bicep out up to five months he's got nwa always ready this weekend he says he's gonna be there he was supposed to defend the title against nick aldis where do you think this is going
2: well i really don't know because nick aldis is still gonna wrestle for the title in the main event i'd imagine or maybe not i mean i don't know if they're gonna do something where because like blake christian technically wrestled matt cardona at gcw and it was like a minute long um I really don't know what they're going to try to do with this. I mean, they were marketing that this was going to be either a cage match or a death match between Cardona, Cardona and all this. And I just, I just don't know what they're going to do. JJ saying Jeff Jarrett's always ready. I mean, it's possible. He is. And you know, Cardona, this is a big part of the spotlight for, for this week um, with me choosing this Cardona stuff is that, you know, he said, and I, I called this weeks ago on this show. Um, he said he wants to wrestle Ric Flair, and put the NWA World heavyweight championship on the line and be that match in the fairgrounds. And once again, I said this, like at least a month ago, I was like, it should be Cardona for like all these reasons. And it looks like that might be what we're getting. And um, I, I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen this weekend. It's a huge blow to the show if he can't wrestle though, a huge, which I'm assuming he won't. I mean, he just had surgery, but like, it's a huge blow. I mean, it, it's, it's the, the event is, is one of his catchphrases. He is the main event. He's the world champion. And I'm sorry to, you know, any NWA wrestlers that might see this or any fans, but like, it's like Cardona's like way up here. And like most of the rest of the roster is like way down here, as far as like buzz and public perception and, you know, they, they better have,
1: there. they better have a big surprise for this because they're still advertising Cardona. Cardona says he's going to be there. I don't know how they're going to deliver on a match. Like you said, he wrestled Blake Christian at GCW, but he really didn't. I don't think Cardona is going to pull a Cody here, especially because he's already undergone the surgery. So like once you have the surgery, uh, it's a little bit tougher to then go out there and like, try to do more. You need to rest and everything, especially less than a week after surgery. Um, It's tough to get back out there and rehab immediately. And it's even tougher to just go out there and, Wrestle a match uh, less than a week after after this kind of surgery, they better have something big because they're still advertising this stuff. And if you deliver with like, here's Nick Aldis versus VSK, here's Nick Aldis versus Tyrus, here's Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch, that ain't that ain't gonna buy you any goodwill with the fans, and they don't have the the best goodwill in the world anyway just with the no. everything they've done since uh since the pandemic and reopening when I don't well, know who it's their, gonna be.
2: Was I was gonna say and the way that they finish most of their pay-per-views. People buy yeah. these these pay-per-views and the, the ends of the shows are almost always puzzlingly just terribly booked.
1: Right. I mean look they they did the Jeff Jarrett angle last time and now Jarrett is I don't know if he's going to return to the company. The greatest worker of all time. He just he got his money. He did an angle. And now I don't know if he's going to return. Maybe he is the big surprise. And like, that's that's something. I know JJ will pop. Like, I'm sure people will pop for that. I don't know if it's Flair. I don't think it's Flair. I wouldn't have it be Flair. But sure, have Flair come in and beat all this and win that world title again and then defend it in his last match against whoever, maybe Cardona. But I don't know if Cardona can We'll be ready to do that match. I guess it's still a month and a half away. Uh, I, but I don't know if he'll be ready to do that. I don't know if you, you bring in d- EC3, Adam Share. Like, I just don't know who you're bringing into the territory that's going to be like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that we want here. I don't think Tony – maybe Tony Khan helps him out since Dustin. Like, d- do we think there's a chance that Dustin shows up and, uh, you know, Dustin ends up getting this belt? from AE beats all this or that's my if they want to do something that still plays off of like history and is still earns them some goodwill with fans and shows that the relationship with AEW is fine that'd be my call is if you can somehow get Dustin to come in and wrestle all this and you put the belt on Dustin just don't put the belt back on all this but if you put the belt on Dustin I think that's a cool move I'm not expecting any of that I'm just expecting all this to just win this and, and beat somebody that is going to disappoint us all well
2: i i love the idea of Dustin, especially if it's just like straight up like the natural dust and roads like no paint and stuff just him cowboy style or whatever like that's i I love that idea actually of him winning the NWA World heavyweight championship um my fear is that my m- this is just I, what i feel like they might wind up doing and i really don't like this but i feel like it's an option they might go with Aaron Stevens is basically saying this is his retirement match against Trevor Murdoch on the show. And maybe Stevens beats Murdoch and the, they make it to where Murdoch versus Stevens, the winner of that wrestles at the end of the show for the title. Oh, no, Cause, no. because like Murdoch is the former champion who is his, the whole story since he's lost the title is him getting another title shot and like working his way towards that. Stevens had a shot of the title a while back and couldn't get the job done. But I feel like they might make a story out of the night of like Stevens retiring. So like he beats Murdoch, he goes to the main event, maybe he even beats All This and like he wins the NWA championship when we all thought he was retiring or something like that. Or Murdoch beats him and Murdoch winds up in the main event. They do Murdoch versus All This again, which I could see them doing too. But I'd much rather have the Dustin option. I think that's an awesome, I think that's an awesome scenario, but I think it's very likely that they just wind up like the winner of Murdoch and Stevens winds up getting a title shot or something.
1: Uh, Kai says Christian, that's a good shout. The uh, Christian showing up would be cool. I don't think I, I don't think that's gonna happen, but you know, it could. Uh, stranger things have happened, but man, your Stevens and Murdoch thing is is honestly like one of the more plausible scenarios and one of the more depressing scenarios. Sorry, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like if that's the way it goes, like I get it, I understand. Why they would do that, especially if they couldn't work anything else out? But it's like, oh man, like this is just the state of things where it's like, here's Nick Aldous against Aaron Stevens or Trevor Murdoch in the main event for this show. Just depressing.
2: Yeah, yep. I just feel like that's a, there's a chance they could do that. And I, I'll say this: I think that Trevor Murdoch is underrated. Like, I actually like Trevor Murdoch for especially for what the NWA brand is. Like, I I, I think Murdoch's a good fit there. I've never been a big Aaron sure. Stevens fan, especially like the current gimmick and stuff. It's like I just, it just isn't for me. Um, I, my favorite stuff he's ever done was like this the, the the stunt double type stuff, which was like really way more comedy and really more the Miz being involved with that too. But, uh, JJ said it could be tires. It could be. It could be. Yeah. He hasn't lost in a long so. time, and you know he's gonna be he'll, he'll heart punch. Um, who's he wrestling? Sion at the pay per view, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he'll heart punch Sion for sure. Um, but yeah, let's move on. Cause I got about like another five, six minutes before I got a clock in for my shoot
1: job. Uh, indie spotlight this week, both in the realm of GCW, uh, yours was tournament of survival. Drew Parker winning that we'll kind of group them together here. And Perfect. mine was cage of survival. Um, they, they were kind of, they were back-to-back nights, drew Parker winning tournament of survival. And like this man, he had a nasty leg injury the week before. Didn't matter. Still decided to do three death matches, including a, a no road barbed wire match in the main event against Matt Tremont. Also wrestled uh, Cole Radrick and Rina Yamashita in the yep. in the tournament. And create another crazy person, another absolute crazy person. Drew Parker just going out there wrestling three death matches a week after it seemed like. Yo, his match had to be stopped because of an injury against, uh, Arez. So shout out to Drew Parker for winning tournament of survival seven.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent, especially cause you know, and we've, we've grouped this with cage of survival. So this is perfect to talk about both. So, um, you know, the last three years straight, Alex Cologne has won TOS. So like he was the, the three P and because he was defending the, or sorry, challenging for the Ultraviolent championship at cage of survival against John Wayne Murdoch he wasn't a part of the tournament. So it opened it up for like a new champion for the first time in four years, which is uh that was cool going into it. And Parker, I mean, he really is one of just the top deathmatch guys in the world. Like he's been killing it in Japan for a long time. And when he was in the States, I think it was last year when he, like he beat Alice clone for the Ultraviolet championship and then wound up uh, losing it. And then clone wound up, I can't remember who Parker lost the belt to though because I don't think he I don't think he lost it to Cologne and then Cologne won it from someone else. I can't remember someone in the chat will know. I can't remember exactly how the title bounced around because I'd want to say someone beat Parker for it and then Cologne beat someone else for it. It wasn't Drew Parker. I'm almost positive,
1: but that will
2: Thank you. Um, But that said, like the match with Cole Radrick ruled, the match with Yamashita ruled, and the match with Matt Tremont ruled, and. Drew Parker, I think he was my favorite to win the whole thing going into it and he he got the job done and I thought it was I thought it was just a like really 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 well done. It was a great tournament and Drew Parker was the right guy to win it and I love that he's back in the states because he's a he's a huge asset for GCW when he's in the states.
1: Uh, so Parker won it and then he lost it to Masashi Takeda. Uh, Takeda. That's Takeda right. And he then lost it Takeda lost
2: like it. right away, like within like days, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, he had
1: he held it for 19 days
2: okay very yeah. short
1: reign for takeda you also to cologne uh yeah. gcw they're very behind drew parker since he returned to the states he's the guy for for those that don't know that got the flaming super kick from from joey Janela. so he was he was in that spot he was setting up for you know uh, i think Janela even said like we were setting up something big for him and then they weren't sure if they maybe had to scrap that i assume this was the term of survival victory they weren't sure if they were going to have to scrap that after the, the injury against Ares. They clearly didn't. he just wrestled three death matches after the injury against Ares. So GCW very behind drew Parker, since he is uh returned to the States with the, the Janela match. And I assume they're going to continue to utilize him in a big way moving forward. Uh, and then cage of survival with Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch. So this was going on at the same time as hell in a cell, just before hell in a cell, right? So I see all these pictures of them setting it up. It, it, it's like part cage. There's light tube ropes. There's glass panes. There's a scaffold ladder on top. Just the craziest setup you can imagine. And people are just like, yeah, hell in a cell tonight, but this is the real hell right <laughs> here going through this thing. And then they immediately just start the match on the scaffold ladder and they're punching and kicking each other, mainly punching. And they're falling off of that through uh, glass panes and light tubes and all of this stuff. The finish is a double stomp through the glass tubes uh, from the the top of the cage followed by a a chicken wing um, camel clutch that that Cologne puts them in and just – these men, I, I'll never understand it, but I have so much respect for them. So many light tubes being used, so casual with the light tubes. of like, <laughs> One of them didn't break. He hits them like three times with it. And then finally on the third one, it breaks. It's like, geez, it's just so many light. They have barbed wire, spider web nets out there. I don't know <laughs> fans don't get hurt on this because one side of the cage, there is no cage. Like the, the hard cam side, there is no cage there. This cage of survival stuff is crazy, Steven Jensen.
2: Yeah. It is. I love the finish too that you just described where where Cologne goes off the top rope with a double stomp through a bundle of light tubes on the chest of JWM, but then Murdoch kicks out at one and the people yeah. are going nuts. And then he puts them right in that camel clutch and and that's it. But um, dude, speaking of the fans, this is so funny. There there was a deathmatch show um a few months back, and it was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So they're like the, the wrestlers i can't remember who was in the match but there was like a lot of light tubes and glass and stuff like all over the place and they're they're fighting through the crowd and they're hitting each other with light tubes and so so the the security is telling the fans to like get out of the way like hey protect yourself like there's gonna there's gonna be glass flying all over the place and all this stuff and everyone gets out of the way except for this one guy who just stands his ground right like right in front of like these guys just beating the shit out of each other with with light tubes and he he had a he had one of those um like riot helmet looking mask things and he like pushed it down in front of his face and just stood there in it and i was like this is the craziest fan i've ever seen like there's these two wrestlers hitting each other with light tubes all the fans are out of the way and there's this one this one dude wearing like a like a like a like a riot helmet, basically in the crowd, just like in it. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Like, So I thought that was so funny. Like, they, it's funny. Cause like the fans, you want the fans to be safe. But a lot of the fans that go to these shows, like they want to be in it. Like they don't, they're, they want to be close to the action. They, they want to get hit by the, by the glass and they want to get hit by the light tubes and stuff. I mean, they're blood, bloodthirsty fans that um this, this, this type of stuff feeds their, their thirst for for violence and uh you know there's a market for it and if there's a market for it i think smart the gcw is doing it they're 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 filling a, a niche uh fan base with this stuff and um you know this is this is the biggest death match tournament of the year in my opinion anywhere and Cage of survival was a huge spectacle in itself and yeah shout out to drew parker for winning tos7 and shout out to alex cologne for becoming the Ultraviolent champion once again
1: if you love the deathmatch stuff if you love light tubes if you love this kind of style of wrestling and gcw does it exceptionally well and cage of survival it's a spectacle unto itself it's not always my cup of tea but i watched it i had i had a blast watching it i thought it was very fun and tournament survival was very fun too i can only take so much of the deathmatch stuff so grouping this all together this weekend would have been a lot for me i watched it in kind of spaces you know, it was much more enjoyable for me that way than trying to watch all this back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Jensen, I know you got to run to your shoot job. Go ahead and uh, plug everything you got to plug. All right, so uh, Fightful Select Weekender podcast,
2: it's every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com, talking the world of indie wrestling. I I doubt we'll do a fight night for UFC this Saturday, but I'll double-check about that. But um, there is UFC 275 this weekend. My boy Glover Teixeira defending the title against Yuri Prochaska. And also um, Valentina Shrachanko with another big title defense coming up against Talia Santos. Um, Tuesdays, uh, check out live rounds with myself and Doug. We do a show on the RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel. Uh, We do that at 10.10 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday. And everything else I got going on, just follow me on Twitter, Fight Talk underscore. Follow me there. I I always post links and stuff for the stuff I got going on. And uh, thanks for uh, another great show today, Jeremy. I hope you all enjoy the interview with Baron Black that you're about to hear. And Oh, and I'll be at Battle Slam on Sunday. I'll be live in the house at Battle Slam. If you're there in Atlanta, Georgia, come by and say hi. I'll be there taking pictures, getting some audio interviews and stuff, and uh, and kicking back and enjoying the show. So, uh, so, yeah, see y'all next week.
1: Jensen, thank you as always. Uh, we are going to go to our interview with Baron Black uh he's we talk uh battle slam battle slam fight for atlanta we talk video games a lot of video game talk i try to get him to uh bury jonathan gresham a couple of times he does not take my bait um try to get him to bury a lot of people i think actually uh but we talk and we talk him training wrestlers uh different up-and-coming indie talents and things like that so we're gonna throw it over to baron black this was recorded on tuesday uh this was recorded No, sorry. We recorded this on Sunday. We actually did a weekend. We did a weekend recording. So we recorded this on Sunday. It's airing now. Here we go. Baron Black here on the Creator Spotlight on the Spotlight.
2: Welcome to the interview portion of the Spotlight today, right here on the Spotlight, Fightful.com. I'm Steven Denson, as always, with Jeremy Lambert, and we are here with a name you know. He is someone you've seen on all the wrestling television. He is one of the masterminds behind Terminus. He's the madman behind... All these battle Slam shows that we got coming up and the last one that i was at he's the emperor baron black what's up baron thank you for joining us man
3: um i'm doing good uh nothing but preparing for a big 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 summer
2: yeah Absolutely. Well, you know, full disclosure for people watching this, I've been able to attend uh, the Terminus shows and the first Battle Slam show here in Atlanta. And I can tell you all firsthand, it's been a hell of an experience, like really, really fun shows, providing something different in the wrestling landscape. And being someone who lives in Atlanta, it gives me something to look forward to now to go to all these shows. Um, Baron, for people who might not be familiar with Battle Slam and or Terminus, Kind of tell people what what this brand and, and what this is all about, because because Terminus a little bit different than Battle Slam, but both providing like really great shows for the wrestling fans out there.
3: Uh, I think it's painfully obvious that Terminus is different from Battle Slam. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Terminus will be uh returning very soon. Um, be you on know, the lookout for that. And Battle Slam has curved out you know, a section of his own, bringing together two entities that should have already been collaborating together for years, for, for, uh, you know, years ago, but it's finally happening now. And that's the world of hip hop and the hip hop culture and scene and the world of professional wrestling, all under one roof. Yes.
2: And I got to ask right off the top or I should, I shouldn't all right. So first show we had Pastor Troy, which was huge you've already announced little scrappy is going to be there this weekend so like how did you get little scrappy because you know growing up in atlanta you know i listened to him i listened to trillville i remember seeing those guys live like forever ago and i i still love that kind of music so like how did how did you get little scrappy involved in this thing
3: it's funny you said trillville because i don't uh some people noticed some people didn't but that was the uh one of the themes for uh battle slam vendetta um, it was the instrumental and i was wondering who was going to uh, peep out and, uh figure out that was bill you know uh never ever <laughs> that was the track uh uh man i just basically um i just basically stumbled upon uh both these guys um i wanted to do battle slam i knew what i wanted to do and uh those were the first two people i had in mind and I made some contacts through people contacted me because there was interest in the city itself for an event like this, because I have got I had gotten contact by certain individuals in the music scene after Terminus One. So once I was able to put it together, contacted these guys, and these guys were all for a huge wrestling.
1: getting getting pastor troy when i saw that announcement i was very excited because vice versa was like what grow in high school like that's pretty much one of the tracks i just always listen to so i know you i know you told j- the jobber sean ross sap how they came together and vice versa and everything now you know you're dealing with the a team now not not the b team right, sean right, ross right. uh but what have you learned from the first show, and then going into the second show this weekend? Like, what are the, what are the things that okay, I can improve on this? This worked well. Let, let's continue this. Like, what did you, what did you take away from the first show heading into the second show?
3: Uh, that um, be prepared to audible. <laughs> be prepared to audible. Uh, everything with the first show went very smooth. It's just that we 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 did start a tad bit behind. You know, but it had to do with, you know, some people more than one individual, you know, coming in a little bit late. So, you know, this time we have stuff and parameters in place for that. So therefore, we won't be uh, starting late like we did last time. But once we started, everything was smooth, you know what I'm saying?
2: yeah what's the feedback been like uh because last time we talked was at the event but now since then uh battle slam vendetta has aired and we've had like the you know the feedback from the fans what's the feedback been like uh that you've seen for baron
3: uh the feedback's been outstanding uh i don't know if you watched the premiere day when it premiered but it was a lot of people engaging about battle slam online so I was happy to see that everybody wants to see another one um the growth of the uh social media channels doubled or more so obviously the first one was something everybody liked that they saw so it's very going to be uh exciting for everybody to see this next one especially when we got you know the likes of alleged like going crap you
2: know? yeah absolutely now can, can you can you let us know like Will this show be starting off with a musical performance like the last one? Is that something you can tell us? Like, I'm trying to get prepared for being there live. Like, I want to know kind of what I'm going to be seeing.
3: <laughs> no, nah, I kind of just want to just, you know, people show up, you know, experience the vibes. And then when we start off, just, you know, be ready for whatever happens. You know, I don't want to give it away.
2: Anything. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. And and just for those of you who uh, maybe haven't heard myself and Baron do our interviews up to this point, the Oasis Event Center, I think, has been a great venue for y'all. How did you find that place? And what's your relationship been like with that venue? Because I have to imagine they're pretty happy with how things are going over there.
3: Uh, I just stumbled upon that venue, actually, uh, because it's funny. I had that venue down because the goal was always to try to run home spread around, you know, success the success in the world of Terminus Battle Battleslam. And I had that venue on the list. And Battleslam, uh, Terminus 2, not Battleslam.
1: <clears throat>
3: Terminus 2 was booked at a different venue. And some problems that occurred with that venue. Um, and full disclosure, I can talk about it now. We ran into problems with the venue a week and a half before Terminus 2. So you can just imagine the, the hair, pulled out my hair and rush and trying to find another guy. And then I look back at my list. I said, oh, these guys were interested before. Let me see what it's like. And I called him up. He was open. I said, I'll take it. Can I just do a walkthrough? Because I seen it actually five months prior. They actually did upgrades in that time. So when I went there, I was like, hope. <laughs> I was like, y'all upgraded everything in here. This is awesome. I'm like, I think we're going to stay here. And the owner wanted to hear that because he, 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 um, you know, like a lot of people still recovering from the pandemic, you know, and, uh, he was like, yeah, whatever, whatever day y'all want, just let me know. And the rest was history. So now we just said, Oh, this is an in center, you know, unfortunate, you know, that it happened that way with the other venue, but things happen for a reason, right?
1: <laughs> was it Jonathan Gresham's fault with the terminus to the issues with the, with the venue? Cause I, I watched your interview with you did with uh, him and Sean, and he is trying to figure out technology. He's not, you know, you, you were clowning him to calling him looking like Urkel trying to figure this stuff out. <laughs> so, so it was it his fault. He just, he maybe just pressed the wrong button and then the whole venue thing went up in smoke. <laughs>
3: No, nah, I mean I, I would love to blame it on him and his lack of uh paying attention to anything tech wise. <laughs> but uh this was strictly nobody's fault but the venue we was dealing with before. So it's uh it was it was really a nerve-wracking thing because we had a whole show set, booked, everything. <laughs> and we had to find a fucking other building within ten days. That was it. and I pulled it off somehow.
1: So um- Glad I got, I got sort of, sounds like, it sounds like a great venue. I know when I watched the the premiere, like it, it looked very well on, on fight, like it looked very good. So, uh, kudos to you for, for pulling, pulling that off. And I look forward to the the second show this weekend. Uh, when it comes to like, in terms of booking talent, we got some people returning, uh, but a lot of new talent as well. And I think for, for most people like private party is the big one here. Like when it comes to booking talent, what, what is your thought process and who you're going to book and who you're going to pair up against each other? Uh.
3: My thought process is uh really I just want to create moments and I want to create, you know, great wrestling matches. That's that's really my first and foremost. And then also a priority is for people who actually like the hip hop scene, who love the hip-hop scene, who are influenced by the hip-hop scene. So some, some people like Lee Moriarty and Myron Reed and you know, Leo Rush, people like that. And who also people who want to celebrate the hip hop scene, and also is in the wrestling scene. So, those are the things I look for. Uh, those are like the top three, four things that I look for before uh, putting together a show. But I think uh, I think uh, matchups that we came up with, and the talent came up with, uh, it will always be at BattleSlam. You will always see some new faces and some old faces just to keep stuff you know new and fresh and because there's a lot of people out there who are influenced by hip-hop that are actually professional wrestlers so i also want to you know make sure they get a shot as well and a uh, great some interesting matchup, create great a great dynamic to where the show never feels stale it always feels like something new and exciting
2: well speaking of something new something i definitely didn't expect to see um i've been following adam priest for for quite a while and when he entered to lemonade by Uchi Man, that place went nuts nobody saw that coming the
3: funny part about that is that he was actually track use and he sent lemonade and he sent another track and i was like i think lemonade is the one (laughs) (laughs) i think lemonade is the one and then uh he he agreed and uh and then the rest was history.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was funny watching like AC Mac and those guys who were like in the crowd hanging out during the show, and like they're all like, "I think he's gonna blow the speakers out because like the ba- the bass in that song was so and, strong." And the
3: funny part is he sent me the track, and then somewhere he found a bass boosted version. And he sent- <laughs> so I was like, "Why the fuck? <laughs> Why did you send us the bass boosted version? You nearly broke everything in the arena." <laughs>
2: that was so good it's so unexpected so something else that i didn't expect and i wanted to know your feed the feedback on this because i forgot to ask you about this when we were when we were together last uh the the sound effects like during the match like the and all that stuff did, did people did, did people like that were they indifferent about it i thought it was funny like you know because it was just something different that like kind of highlighted certain parts of the show but kind of whose idea was that and like what's the feedback then? is that something we're going to see going forward do you think with the battle slam shows um
3: any and everything down to every last detail is a brainchild of mine when it comes to battle. battle slam is completely something that was in my brain since a child so everything that happens a part of it uh as far as content anything it, it all came from this big ass forehead that you see on your screen <laughs> but um the sound effects thing was like uh those sound effects are really synonymous in the hip hop especially on mixtapes and and stuff like that during parties, doing live DJ, you know, broadcast over the radio or at the club, you always hear those sound effects. So I was like, I gotta incorporate that somehow. And then I came up with the idea of because sometimes when you play the old wrestling games, Def Jam Vendetta, Def Jam Piper, and why. Sometimes you would hear those sound effects. So I was like, well, I guess we can do it that way and see how it works out. And and it worked out pretty damn well because everybody loved it. <laughs> so
1: how much was it, how much of that was influenced from, from battle rap? Because I, I watch a lot of battle rap. You hear the sound effects, you hear the Don DeMarco drops. Like how much influence, not only the drops, but just the show in general, like comes from battle rap as well.
3: Uh a lot. Like anything in hip hop culture. Uh, that is very synonymous and popular. I wanted to try to incorporate into the presentation of Battleslam. So when we seen Max Castor and uh, Myron Reed rap, you heard the sound effects that you normally hear during a battle. <laughs> so um, it was great, that turned out really good.
1: I, I, I'm a, I used to do a battle rap podcast. So I, I got to ask like, how much battle rap do you watch? And like, who are your, who are some of your favorites? If you, if you watch enough of it.
3: I don't watch enough. I I, <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember back in 105 Park three South Friday days, that was my battle rap days. Um, after that, I, you know, after that fell off, you know, I kind of just didn't watch battle rap like that. I actually watched a battle rap contest that was actually in Atlanta. A few weeks ago, uh, I think it was called March Madness or something like that. I can't can't remember the, the name of it or what, what the league was called, but it's actually a battle rap league that tours and came to Atlanta. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna look at this. I looked at it online. I was like, it was pretty cool. So um, I don't follow the scene much, so I can't tell you no know, names and no people or nothing like that. But um, I am a fan of battle rap at fifth. If a battle rap broke out, I'm 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 right in the middle. Instantly, that's what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> yeah so so some of these matches I, I think are like gonna be i i don't, I don't even know what the match tonight is going to be and i think that's kind of the point right like these are it's a stacked show that i'm seeing here for for fight for atlanta and one of the matches that really sticks out to me is the infantry versus the russell twins versus war horsemen i think that's going to be a banger of a tag team match and i just wanted to get your thoughts on I know you're the mastermind behind this. Like, how did this come together? Because I i think this is a match that like wrestling fans all need to have their eyes on.
3: uh yeah, it's actually a four way.
2: Is the is it who am I missing? The team, oh, Willim- C4. Sorry, Russell Twins, C4. No, no. <laughs> and infantry. I got you. I got you. I yeah. missed one there. I apologize. So
3: the, uh, of course, the infantry, of course, C4, who are the prestige tag team champions. um the Russell Twins, which is a very talented tag team that recently was on AEW Dark Elevation. Um, and uh, and of course, workforcemen. I don't think I need to <laughs> hype them up anymore. <laughs> so we, we know who the workforcemen are. Um yeah, I just wanted to uh, uh the free-for-all eliminator, the terminal eliminator match, those were really something that uh is a brainchild of mine and i was like you know what i, I want to up the ante with 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 the four way uh, mindset i want to up the ante with the four way uh, you know concept of the match so i was like you know what why don't we just do a tag elevator <laughs> and there <laughs> that's where we were born i was like i got to get the four uh, badass teams that 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 i know and i'm a, i'm gonna see C- what we could get cooking, what we could get popping. So I came up with the tag team eliminator match, um, which has to basically the same uh, similar rule set. Uh, everything will be explained, of course, during the show. Similar rules set to tag team turmoil, but a little bit different. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one because uh, all these teams uh, are pretty damn dope, to be honest. So.
1: Now I know a lot of the, the the stylization, the arts, it comes from the the Def Jam series, the, the video game series. So who is your character in those games?
3: My character was definitely DMX. I love D Mob. That was my guy. Um I played a little bit with Ludacris. Um in the this is just the first game. I'm, I'm gonna get to the second. Um, believe it or not, I played with Manny a little bit. I don't know why. I feel sorry for him. I guess I played with him when I was a child. I don't know why. But yeah, Manny, uh, Buddha, um, Moses from the first game. That that was my guy. <laughs> that was my guy. Him, Chuckle. Uh, I played with way too many people. Oh, uh, but who I, who did I pull out when I want to bust a ass? I pulled out DMX. That was my guy. I yeah. pulled.
2: Yeah. Now, I know you're a big-time gamer, Baron. I got to ask you, what's your favorite video game system of all time? I'm wearing a Nintendo 64 shirt right now, but I want to know what your favorite video game system of all time is. Man, that's difficult.
3: That's really difficult, man, because that 64, man, it, it, it gave me some wonder, but it gave me some wonder. You know what I mean? Yeah. My not double on the you know, Perfect Dark, Get Force, Gemini, you know what I'm saying? The Country, Diddy Kong Racing, you know, Mario Four, Mario Kart 64. I keep going all day, you know what yeah, I mean? No,
2: no, 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 we can tell, yeah, I, I love it, so it It gave
3: so much, but, man, but uh, of course, No Mercy, you know, WrestleMania 2000, WWO World Tour, WCW revenge. See, I, I I, know my, I know my shit now. Look, that's that's I had all that stuff. Um, but you, sixty four will be tied first, and and it will be between probably the N sixty four and maybe PS two which switch is is really getting up there very yeah a lot of games that are really up there with the games that i love you know what i mean like super mario odyssey i love the same way i love mario 64. mario kart 64 same way i love mario kart 8 deluxe you know ocarina of time breath of the wild it's like it's almost mirroring each other you see what i'm saying so it's like then we're getting a sequel to it And one of my favorite franchises right now, Bayonetta, is like that, that's my heart. (laughs) So I'm finally getting my third steeple. You know what I mean? Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, I'm a real fan, big fan of that. So Switch is kind of coming up there. Of course, PS2, you know, the SmackDown (laughs) games. The SmackDown version, okay, you already know. You already know.
2: Yeah yeah we're, we're very much in the in a similar wheelhouse when it comes to our taste in video games like i i grew up on all that stuff i i the, the ps2 has such a near and dear place in my heart as well because there were so many games for that system like that like that it was like a never ending influx of just always having stuff to play on that system and uh i have a switch as well and i really like it too for the same reasons you do it's like having almost updated versions of the games we loved growing up on so i think that's really mm-hmm. cool the, the, Those, those are your systems because those would be some of my top ones as well for sure yeah jeremy definitely. what about you man video oh, i
1: i'm not a big switch fan i because I, I play too much sports games and they don't really have like the sports games that i like on switch you can't, oh, you can't be playing like so, 2k wait, wait, wait. and like nh
3: go ahead no, you play 2k and what
1: Oh, I, I play 2K, I play NHL, like I'll play Madden. Like those are about the only games that I play. It's like NBA 2K and NHL are like the only games that I play. And 2K on the Switch ain't 2K on the PS5. It, it's just it's hey, a hell, lot wait, wait, hold on, hold on,
3: wait wait wait. 2K on the Switch is actually a pretty damn good game. That's the it's only not, good sports game.
1: I brought the one. I have it what? on the Switch. I have it on the Switch. Like, it's not bad, but it's a different experience on the PS5. It's a much different experience.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, PS5, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> a little bit of a difference. But I was actually yeah. shocked. I actually was shocked. Well, I wasn't too shocked, but I was actually shocked uh, how well they got the game on, on the yeah. Switch. You know what I mean? So I was like, I, I, I bought it every time. I was like, that's really the only sports game we're buying <laughs> on the Switch is... Uh, you know, yeah. official. I don't know how MLB is. I didn't try it out yet, but NBA 2K definitely.
1: See, though, like they're not bad on the Switch, but then you play it on the PS5, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is. This is just a much different experience, and I like to I like to play my my console. I, I have kids; the kids love the Switch. That's all they play. They play the Pokemon and the the Legend of Zelda and the Mario games. So I'll play that with them, and they beat me so bad that I just give up and I don't like playing with them because I'm not good at them. And then they talk that trash, and then I I don't I, I sulk in a corner because they just beat me so bad at them.
2: Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, we can't uh, gloss right past this, Baron. Who's your favorite Pokemon?
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm so turned off by Pokemon right now. <laughs> really?
2: I saw you tweeting about That's why I was asking. <laughs> huh? I saw you tweeting about Pokemon the other day. That's oh, why man, I asked. You
3: know, instigating right now. That's why.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so
3: turned off by Pokemon, man. It's, I, I don't even want to talk about it already, so long. Okay. Like, a well, franchise has been, it's such a generational franchise. You know, so many generations are into it because it lasts that long. And I'm like, at, at this point, it should be certain. It should be a certain expectation level of experience that we should be getting, and it ain't hitting that for me. So, I, I, the last one I bought was Sword and Shield. I regretted buying Sword and Shield. <laughs> so I'm, I'm officially done for a while. You know what I mean? And my my favorite Pokemon, I'm gonna keep it real old school. You know what I mean? Like uh Pidgeotto was my favorite pokemon so every time i bought a pokemon game i always got me a pidgey i always beat them up like a motherfucker <laughs> so that was my pokemon man so but right pokemon now I'm just
1: in- pokemon ended after 150 or 151 i guess like once they went past that i'm like i'm done i'm done with this too many to keep track of can't do it anymore just yeah to- it was
3: way too many to keep track of. that was one of the problems but the games never really took that evolution leap that it should so that was my main
1: I've heard Arceus is good I I've played a little bit with the kids the the oldest loves it he's big into Pokemon so he thinks Arceus is like the greatest game everybody you know he doesn't have the experience like we have of playing on the little Game Boy and and walking around like he doesn't understand the that what we had to go through of like these little these little characters trying to find everything Arceus is big open world stuff that he thinks is great. So yeah. maybe if you if you like the open world stuff, Arceus, maybe give it a try. Maybe it'll bring you back in, Baron.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, what we had to go through was the generation, right? Of like of like the link cables, like linking up your Game yes. Boy with someone else's Game Boy so you could transfer Pokemon from Game Boy to Game Boy. And I, I thought like that, like the technology wasn't ever gonna get past that. <laughs> like I was like, this is this is peak right here. Um, but yeah, some some good times. Man, I could talk about video games all day with you, Baron. but I do want to ask you another question about this battle sl- or the uh, battle slam fight for ATL card. Um, Tasha steals Queen Aminata. That is a great, great matchup. I think uh, the queen is still a little flying a little under the radar. Like I think she could be like massive star in wrestling. And I think that Atlanta always shows up for her. And Tasha steals, of course, impact knockouts champion, one of the top in the game right now um how does it feel that you were able to put this match together because i think this is an awesome matchup
3: i felt good i had it in the back of my mind for a minute um because i knew queen almanada was going to be with us for a while she was you know um she was supposed to be at the first term the show but she was injured so she ended up debuting on the second one uh so i, I knew she was going to be you know with us for a while that's what she wanted to do and i was like well i, I I wanna get I wanna uh hopefully get to a matchup that will be big, you know, you know, have her, you know, be at a few shows and then we're gonna hit a big matchup and then, you know, I was thinking about Tasha. I knew Tasha for a while. You know, what I mean we um we we both used to be around Ring of Honor back in the day, you know, trying to break in. Um so it's it's cool to see where she landed and where I landed now. So I always had her in mind because i always thought she was really good and um so when the opportunity finally presented itself finally you know contacted her and was like yeah i'm 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 game i'm like yes i'm going to be able to do this and this is going to be one of probably the best women's matches of the year (laughs) most definitely
1: uh i'm i'm gonna get you out of here on this baron what's the coolest thing either in your room or in your house coolest Coolest thing you have in your yeah like the coolest we ask everybody we ask we ask
2: everyone we ask this is just this is a running thing on the show so yeah i know you got cool stuff man you're a gamer you're a wrestling fan you're i mean you're hip-hop fan you gotta gotta have something cool in there
3: i don't really call it cool because everybody has a game console these days so you can't can't really and i got four of them um (laughs) the coolest thing I i don't know i guess i can say i have this uh this giant sized Vegeta figure that's sitting on my entertainment system. Oh. Right next to my game console. I'm a big Vegeta fan. So. <laughs> so I have this like cool, you know, Super Saiyan God Vegeta, you know, it looks really cool. And, uh, you know, I have him watching over all my consoles. So no, None of them. Toy Story, you know, toys. Fuck with you
2: know. <laughs> yes, yes. You never know when you're not when you're not looking, and not around. Those toys might start moving around at each other, and you know, cause, cause some problems. Um, I, I did want to ask you um, as well. I know that you're you're training wrestlers, and how's your experience been like with the training process of like helping develop other talent? And is there any names out there that maybe aren't so well known now that like you want to throw out there to keep your eyes out for in the future?
3: Uh yeah, I, I do uh help train other wrestlers. I you know, I have certain wrestlers that are uh you know, that I'm pretty close with. Um you know, we we train uh every week over at the Nightmare Factory Lamp. So um but you know, one of the, one of the names I'll probably say is Shoot Taylor. That's that's really that's my guy there. So <laughs> um I know he surprised a lot of people at the last uh, Death Jam show, not Death Jam Battle Slam show. Um, so I, I was really happy with how he turned out, and, and hopefully they, they 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 get to see what he can do even more on the on this next Battle Slam show. So that will be one of the first things. There's there's other there's other names that uh, that I will disclose later, um, but. Yeah, I think uh, the talent that you're going to see pop up this year, coming, I mean, you know, that I deal with, or coming from Nightmare Factory, going to surprise. Got some real, real, real potential and talented folk that that, that are going to pop out of this thing. Well.
2: Looking forward to yeah. it. I love what y'all are doing there at the Nightmare Factory. So much good talent coming out of there. It's been awesome. It's been awesome to see.
1: Baron, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, any last plugs? Let everybody know where they can find you at on social media. Let everyone know how to uh, check out Battleslam this weekend.
3: All right. So Battleslam this weekend, as you already know, by the time you watch this, we'll be streaming live on fight at 7 p.m. Sunday, June 12th. Let's go. So, All right. To watch it live for the first time. Um and i hope you all tune in because it's so it's a banking card number one from top to bottom and there's some nice little surprise store for you so you enjoy the first one come out pick up the live pay-per-view on fight tv you enjoy terminus 2 come out or pick up the live pay-per-view on fight tv i promise you this is going to be one of the best shows in the history of atlanta professional wrestling
2: there i'm go. looking forward to it i'll be there live everyone i'll, I'll be there live i'll take pictures i'll get some interviews for y'all i mean i'm super pumped i mean private party versus casey Navarro and myron reed could be a match of the year leon Ruff versus Dante martin could be a match of the year i mean there is there is this banger after banger baron have you announced your match yet are you gonna be wrestling or are you still waiting on that one or do you want to tell us um uh, it has not
3: been announced, but by the time this airs it will be <laughs> okay okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh and I'm you in suspense, you know what okay. I'm, saying?
2: I'm- fair. That's fair. Very That's fair. fair.
1: Guys, check it out. Again, Baron Baron just said it. it's streaming live on Fight TV, June 12th, 7 p.m. Support support Battle Slam, support everything Baron is doing with that with Terminus with AEW. Uh we appreciate him joining us. Say follow him on social media on Twitter at the Impro. He's probably yelling at Jonathan Gresham about something. Uh we appreciate it Baron again. Thank you again. We'll be right back here on the spotlight. Everybody. As again Baron black, he will his match was announced, he'll be facing Zinshi. Zen- at uh battle slam on june 12th we appreciate baron coming on doing the show doing the interview with us we will have coverage of battle slam on june 12th we'll have some articles running we've already got one up uh running with from the interview we just did with baron black and thanks to baron black everyone check out battle slam on june 12th live on fight tv guys we appreciate everyone joining us here today on the spotlight jensen and i will be back next week talking all things professional wrestling from wwe AEW, the independents uh, other big companies like NWA, New Japan, MLW, maybe, maybe, probably not, but maybe, you never know. Um, as again, thank you. Everyone can head over to Fightful Overbooked. We got a bunch of cool stuff going up there. Day After Dynamite uh, is live later this afternoon with Will Washington and a special guest. We'll see if I do a run-in on that show and talk to my vacation plans with Will Washington. We'll see. I gotta I got to nail down some vacation plans with Will. Um yeah, thanks guys. Head over to FIFA Overbooked. Go support, go subscribe. I just put a video up uh, investigating the wizardry claims of Chris Jericho. Everyone can check that out. Guys, thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll see y'all next week. Have a good weekend, everyone.